0: You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at WeddingtonChurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, Colossae. Colossians chapter one we'll begin at verse 1. Colossians 1, beginning at verse 1, where Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, at Colossae, grace to you. And peace from God, our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason... Since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong. With all the strength that comes from His glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we are so grateful for your love and grace. We are so grateful for the privilege now of studying together your holy word. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. So I pray that this would be your message and not my own, through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This weekend, we remember one of the great civil rights leaders, Martin Luther King Jr. He was an incredible leader. He was a great orator. I'd love to hear his speeches and the things that he said. He had that ability with the inflection, the timing, the tone, the passion. Just to draw you into his words. And in August of 1963, you may remember that was the famous march on Washington when he gave that famous, I have a dream speech. I have a dream. Laying out a vision of what it could be like. What it should be like. And and one of the things is, I was looking over that speech this past week, there was a line that I know I've read numerous times before in it, but there was a line that just kind of stuck out to me. And it was the line in the speech where he said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. Think about that. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. I paused as I read that and was thinking about it because not only was he a civil rights leader, he was also a preacher, and, and it led me to thinking about the church and all the stuff that's going on in the life of the church and our world today. And, and I was thinking, I have a dream that one day the church will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. Its creed. See, it's so easy for us to join together and go, well, I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the church, the forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body. I believe. We have our creed. We know This is, this is what we believe. This is who God is. This is how we understand Jesus. This is how we understand our call in the world today. But the wording there was to rise up and live out the true meaning of the Creed. Now, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. And what's interesting is, Paul was not the one who started this church. He was not the founding pastor of it. As a matter of fact, Paul had never been to this church. He did not know the people. The people did not know him. Now he knew about them and they knew about Paul. But this is not a congregation that Paul had been intimately involved with and yet he's still writing to them as a pastor. And he's writing to them, from prison. Now, some debate, was he imprisoned in Ephesus? Was he imprisoned in Rome? Either way, he's imprisoned at the time that he's writing this letter to the church because their pastor, Paul's fellow co-worker in the faith, Epaphras, he had shared about this church. He had shared about all these things that God was doing in this incredible church with these incredible people and, and he was so proud of them and he wanted to share with Paul about how they live in the Spirit and Paul writes to them going, I have heard so much about you. Paul and Timothy writing together, they are so proud of this church. Why? Because it appears that this was a church that was rising up and living out its creed. You hear it in these first few verses. Paul shares that that they have such a faith in Christ Jesus. And one of the things as we think about our faith, there is a real difference in faith in and belief that. In other words, I may have faith That Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is Lord. But faith in takes it to a whole new level. That's the relationship. And one of the things we know throughout our faith is that God is more interested in us having a relationship than having a religion. And and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. and, And Paul is saying to them, I have heard of your faith in. Not only are you sharing this creed, but you clearly, you clearly have a faith in. And not only that, he says, but you have this amazing love for all the saints. You know, it's interesting when Jesus would be asked, what's the greatest commandment? He would say to them, first of all, you got to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and your mind. Second commandments is like an intuit, and that is that you love one another. And Paul is saying to this church, I have heard that you genuinely, genuinely love one another. This love that you have for God is expressed in the way you love others. And Paul is just so proud of this church who's rising up and living out their faith. And then he goes, and you have this hope. Hope. That's which allows us to not be so hung up in the circumstances of today because we have the vision of tomorrow. And he says to them, you have this hope, and I'm so proud of the fact that you have this hope and who God is and this hope in the gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ, this hope in the truth that has been given to you. You know what God is doing. You know who God is. You have a vision of what God can do. I am so proud of you. But then we hear what really sets Paul off. You get to hear what really excites him. What it is that really impacts him, and that is, they are bearing fruit. Not only do they have this faith, they have the Bible studies, they're growing in faith, they're, they're having knowledge and wisdom and studying and growing. They love their neighbor they're bearing fruit. They are actually practicing what they preach. One of the things we often talk about is that orthodoxy, right belief, has to be accompanied by orthopraxy or right action. And here we see a church where Paul's going, wow, you have this incredible faith. You have this faith in this relationship with Jesus Christ. You love one another, you have hope, you see the vision of what God is doing, and that changes the way you live today, but you guys are bearing fruit. As a matter of fact, N.T. Wright, many of you know, is a great biblical scholar that I love to read. He, he teaches at Oxford University in England. He was an Anglican bishop at the, uh, the, the church at Durham, the Cathedral of Durham. N.T. Wright, in his commentary on Colossians, says this. He said, he, meaning Paul, doesn't say that he's heard about their new learning and wisdom. He does, of course, want them to grow in understanding and wisdom. But that's not the telltale sign, first sign of life. He doesn't say that he's heard about their newfound holiness and obedient to a strict new moral code. He does indeed want them to live a new sort of life, but that will come in due time. He puts his finger instead on the key thing, the fruit that appears quietly, but surely with a genuine Christian community soon after it's been planted. Epaphras, he says, a man from Colossae, Who's come back to Paul in Ephesus has told us about your love in the Spirit. That, Wright says, is the sign. Ah, it's the fruit. They have faith, they have hope, they have love, they have fruit. When you hear that faith, hope, and love, one of the first things that comes to mind, for me anyway, is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's known as the love chapter. You know the love is patient, love is kind. One of the things you see, though, at the very end of it is where Paul says in verse 13, "...and now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, the greatest of these is love." And he's just read into this church, and he's going, "You have, you have faith, hope, and love. And that is setting you apart. That is setting you apart as the church that God is calling you to be. You are rising up and living out your creed. As a matter of fact, N.T. Wright goes on to say this love doesn't simply mean that they all, as we might say, have good feelings about each other. That's not necessarily love, is that we, we have the, the warm, fuzzy feelings for each other. They may or they may not. What matters, he says, is that the behavior which marks out so much of the world, lust, anger, lies, and so on, which split up families and communities, is being replaced by kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, and an acceptance of one another as members of the same family, even where there were major differences of race, background, and culture. Colossae was a very diverse place. Wright goes on to say this, as far as Paul is concerned is the true sign of God at work. And He is thrilled and grateful to hear about it. Now, before you get the picture that Colossae was the perfect place and that the church was absolutely perfect and there were no problems whatsoever, no, there were issues, and Paul will address those. It appears that there are some teachers, once again, that are coming, perverting things. And Paul is kind of concerned that they could slide away from this, but he shares, wow, you are the church and you are truly being the church. And then you may have noticed that he goes, so I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And Paul then prays this beautiful prayer for the church where he prays for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. They already have this faith, and I want you to grow in this faith. Never to be content with where you are, but you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want and I pray that you will grow in this relationship with Christ. I pray that you will grow in this knowledge. I pray that you will grow in this wisdom. I pray that you will grow in this understanding. But then he goes on to say, and I pray that you will continue to bear fruit that you will continue to be the church that God is calling you to be, that you will continue to to be the witness of the faith, to share this gospel of Jesus Christ, to be the hands and feet of Christ, to to reach out to those who are poor poor and outcast, those who are hurting. I, I I pray that you'll continue to be the church and to bear incredible fruit. And then he says, and I pray that you will be made strong. I want you to have strength. Because the world in which we live today, you've got to have the strength of God. And I pray God's strength to be with you. You have the gospel message. You have the love for others. You are bearing fruit. And I pray that you will remain strong strong. As I read the scripture and as I listen to Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, I I wonder what his letter to us would be like. And I pray that he would look at us and go, wow, you are a church You're a church that's really living it out. You are rising up. You're living it out. You have this incredible faith. You have this incredible hope. You have this incredible love. You have this incredible relationship with Jesus Christ. You are truly a discipleship academy as we've discussed. You are growing deeper in your faith. You are serving the community. You are serving the world in the name of and on behalf of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will remain strong when I was reading again the I have a dream speech that line just really popped out to me I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed it is so easy for us to recite a creed it is much more difficult to be the people of the creed. And the same is so true for the church, our church, for the Methodist church, for the church across the world of all denominations. I have a dream that one day the church will rise up and live out its creed. We can sing the songs. We can recite the creed. But what made Paul so proud of the church is when it would bear fruit. As we continue now in this new year, my prayer for us, we are the church together, is that we will rise up and live out our creed and be strong as a church in our community and in our world, sharing this faith, offering this hope, and demonstrating it with the amazing love of God. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for Your love and grace. And God, You are calling us to be the church. You are calling us to rise up. You are calling us to live out our creed. We're not a club. We're the church. And being a Christian, it's not what we recite. It's who we are. So God, I pray for this church. I pray for all churches that we will be a witness in your world holding on to our faith, our relationship in Jesus Christ, our hope of what You are doing and the vision of all that You are doing, that we will truly love one another and love our neighbor. And God, we pray that we will bear fruit that will witness to You in the name of and on behalf of Jesus Christ. And God, we pray that we will indeed rise up and live out our creed. In the name of Jesus the Christ, amen.